This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Greetings to all of you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We serve a good God. I'm glad that you're part of this service. And uh, let's um, let's look into the word. Let's pray and and ask the Lord to minister to us. Father, we are in your presence. We want to hear from you this this morning. Minister to us, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're correcting us. You are purifying us. You you are purifying us. You're correcting us. Correction may not feel joyful at the time Lord, but when we have when you have experienced the benefits of it then then we will testify of what it has done for us the lord chastens whom he loves the lord corrects whom he loves thank you lord that you love us and that's why you're correcting us Thank you that you are dealing with age old problems lord age old uh misunderstandings and wrong conceptions misconceptions that we carry in our minds thank you that your word is dealing with it one by one week after week meeting after meeting your word is at work even this evening in this morning father we we are in your presence to receive that kind of a correction the change of understanding remove the veil we pray remove the veil everything that is causing us not to see the way things are lord we pray that you'll you'll touch our eyes with eye salve cleanse our eyes to see things to behold things we give you glory in this place have your way lord in jesus name we pray amen amen first john chapter 3 verses 1 to 3 we've been looking at that scripture see how great a love the father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of god and such we are for this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him beloved now we are children of god and it has not appeared as yet what we will be we know that when he appears we will be will be because we will see him just as Are you excited? Yes. Let's read that one more verse too. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him. Because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Say Jesus is pure. He is pure. man Jesus is pure this is the year of purification where different areas of our lives are being transformed and purged by the power of God's word man and uh, the past couple of weeks now i believe we've been looking at um we've been looking at relationship we've been looking at marriages we've been looking at families we've been looking at parenting we've been looking at uh, sexual purity but you know of the for the past couple of weeks uh the lord has put in my heart to look at 
leadership say leadership say leadership and so just in case if you can't find any relevance to this teaching one of the mandates given to this church is to raise leaders one of the mandates given to this ministry is even before we started the lord made it very clear this is about raising leaders for the end time uh, move of god amen so everything that we do in this ministry uh, is with that focus and i want you to know some of you have not realized this but i want you to know that every single one of you here each and every one of you here even the ones of you who just walked in today god has called you to be a leader amen in some sphere or some influence where god has placed you some some sphere god has given you a leadership of some sphere some capacity within the kingdom we may not all be called to be the leader in the same sphere or the same capacity not all of you are called to be pastors not all of you are called to be teachers not all of you are called to be apostles not all of you are called to help not all of you are called to uh, prophesy see there is a way and we've been looking at how how the body consists of different members likewise but we all have a capacity of leadership or a, a call of leadership in our lives pertaining to a certain sphere or influence god has placed us or god will place us amen uh, you know as we heard last week as well your your each one of you are being perfected for ministry you're being perfected for ministry now you come to church you're being perfected for ministry you come for bible study you're being perfected for ministry you come for times of fellowship you have times of fellowship with each other you're being perfected for ministry because like we read last week or learned last week the gifts that Christ gave the church the office gifts as we call it or the the various ministry gifts as, as which Christ gave the church is so that the body of Christ may be equipped the the members in the body may be equipped each one of you may be equipped perfected say perfected for what perfected for the work of ministry amen you're being perfected for the work of ministry hallelujah and um, and it is very important for you to understand this that you're being perfected equipped for the work of the lord and you know, we've been focusing on raising leaders and last week god spoke to us very clearly i hope you all were paying attention and revealed to us that submission to godly leadership equips you for ministry and the gifts which christ gave to the church are so that the individual member are raised up or equipped in this regard the disregard of such gifts we heard it last week the disregard of such gifts is a disregard on your future you're disregarding a great future by disregarding authority over you by disregarding leadership over you by disregarding the gifts that god has placed in the church because god's plan of perfection is scripted in this manner I nobody is talking are you, are you getting this god's plan of perfection for your life is scripted in this manner god has designed perfection for every individual believer in the church in this manner this is how i'm going to execute this you can you can propose to god your own plan but god will not be interested because this is what god has decided Amen. you may not like the idea of submitting but god says this is how i'm going to do it 
I'm going to use the gifts. I'm going to use the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the pastor. I'm going to use them. I'm going to use other ministries as well. I'm going to use each of these capacities for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Amen. And uh, you can, like they say, you can literally throw a spanner in the work of spiritual progress in your life by not submitting where you're supposed to submit. It's like throwing a spanner, like they say, throwing a spanner, just preventing any sort of movement. Because you cannot despise godly authority. This is nice, okay, listen. If you despise godly authority, it just shows that you don't deserve such an authority over your life. If you despise your parents, it just shows that you don't deserve to have parents. If you, if you despise your marriage, it just shows that you don't deserve to be married. As, as hard as it may sound, this is the truth of the matter. Man, your despisal of authority over your life is a despisal to God's plan of your, your perfection. Amen. And it is, it is, if you're despising, if God forbid that you despise it, if you're despising godly leadership, you're standing in the way of God. You're standing in the way of God. Amen. And I told you many things last week and in most of what I shared, I have no clue. It was not premeditated. I went back and listened to what I preached and uh, I'm amazed at what the Lord is ministering to us. It is deep. Say deep. deep. It is deep. Because God is interested in the depths of your being. God is not just interested in, okay, you, you had a quick makeover in the morning. You just stood in front of the mirror and did a quick fix because you were too sleepy and you had to come to church, you did a quick fix. But God is not like that. He will make a, he'll do a thorough job. Say thorough job. A deep cleansing. Amen. He's interested in deep cleansing. It's about perfection. Lord is interested in perfection. So it is important that you flow with the Holy Spirit with regards to everything that is being taught and ministered to you from this church, because I, I sense the Lord uh, will even break the hardness of your heart if you submit to this word. Hallelujah. See, one thing the word can do is it has the power to break hardness. But you have to yield to it. The, the word can do it for you. It has the power, the word that comes to you has the power to break hardness. And whether you admit it, admit it or not, whether you acknowledge it or not, most of us have the problem with hardness of heart. But the Lord is able to deal with it by the power of his word. So when the word comes to you, submit to the word, receive the word, yield to the word. Amen. Allow him. If you allow him, the Lord will go deeper. You just want this level of correction? Or you want him to go deeper? Personal matters. This is just what everyone can do. You can also do. But if you allow the Lord, just deal with me. Right from scratch. From ground zero. Deal with me. If you can be like that before God, you have no clue what God can do with your life. You have no idea. But most of us are happy with the periphery. The peripheral work. No, the Holy Spirit is interested in the depths of your beings. Deep calls out to? Do you know that the, the Holy Spirit is interested in the depths of your being? He's interested in what you're thinking. 
Some of you have already smiling. Oh, yeah, he's interested in what you're thinking. The thoughts that you entertain, the, the pre-meditations of your heart, he knows that. Before a word is on your tongue, he knows that. He weighs your spirit. Now, this Holy Spirit wants to work in your life in a very deep manner. Say deep manner. And if you really want that deep cleansing, ask the Lord, Lord, today deal with me in the depths of my being. Ask the Lord, Lord, deal with me. Deal with me in the depths of my being. Let me hear your voice. Let me feel your touch. Let me experience cleansing. Let me experience purging. Let me receive your correction. Let me be yielded as you speak over me today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what pride will say? Pride will say, I am right. Pride will always say, I am right. The only phrase that pride knows to speak is this, I am right. I am always right. I am perfect. I am right. But humility will say, change me. Correct me. Deal with me. So you can decide where you want to sit. You want to sit in the side of the the proud ones or do you want to sit in the side of the the humble ones amen because progress is only for the humble amen because the bible very clearly says that god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble grace is what gives progress without grace no man in the kingdom can progress there is no progress in the kingdom of God without the grace of God. That's why Paul said, I am who I am by the grace of God. Yeah. He, he, he uh, looked back and he realized that he has traveled far. And he realized, okay, the only way I could have covered so much ground is by the grace of God. Yeah. Amen. Without grace, the grace, there is no progress. Yeah. And if you are resisting grace with your pride, with your arrogance, by saying, I am right, I am right, I am right, I am always right, I don't need correction, I don't need godly intervention, I don't need to be addressed, then you are preventing progress. The reason why some of you are stuck in some of those places, some of those spots, is because you have not allowed the Holy Spirit to deal with you the way He wants to deal with you. Man, don't, don't stay in the same place for long. If you're proud, the devil can manipulate you into making you stay in the same place for long. You can come to church every Sunday. You can come from a far off place. You can come from near. You can wake up in the morning. You can do a lot of things. But you can still be in the same place if you're not willing to submit to correction. And God's word is coming to you. It's repeatedly coming to you. And I, as much as I, I, would, I would prefer personally... My flesh would prefer personally to speak something which is light and easy on you. The Holy Spirit is not allowing. He's not allowing. And he will not allow because he is dealing with the church. He's coming back for a pure bride. Amen. Hallelujah. He is interested about his bride. He's passionate about her. He's interested in her. He's got his focus on, his eyes fixed on his church, his bride, his beloved. There's a move of God in this place. It's a warning that the Lord is giving you. Do not stand in the way of the move of God. You will get burned. You will get scorched. Don't stand in the way of the... I mean, we've been hearing that for a while now. When the Spirit of the Lord is moving, move with the, move with the cloud. Move with the cloud. Be like a feather in the presence of God. Be like a feather. Don't be so rigid. Don't be so heavy in the presence of God. Be like a feather. Be light-hearted. Be light in the presence of God. Be humble in the presence of God. 
Hallelujah. Be humble. Move with the cloud. Do not resist the teaching coming to you. Do not. Say do not. Do not. Tell your neighbor do not. You want to grow? Growth is for those who crave for it. Man. Growth comes for those who crave for it. That's why the Bible talks about desire. Crave for the pure milk of the word. As newborn babes. You have to, you have to crave for it. You have to demand. That's right. And it is important that we understand the season that we are in. This is unprecedented. This is unprecedented. Some of you have lived more than me. Much more than me. If you are spiritually alert and sensitive, you can agree to what I say. This, what we see now across the globe, across the nations, in the church is unprecedented. This is like a never before. So it is very important to know which season we are in. And the Lord is very near and there's a great work that the Lord wants to do through the church, in the church. Amen. You know, like that line in the song goes, let's bury our foolish pride. Bury our foolish pride. You have foolish pride buried. Deal with it. Discard it. It is not going to do any good for you. Bury it. Yeah, let's boycott hell. Amen. Hallelujah. We're talking about submission. Say submission. I want you to know that submission is a matter of honor. Say honor. honor. Submission is a matter of honor. honor. You cannot submit to a person without giving honor. In fact, the reason why sub you submit to a person is because you give honor to that person. If Christians need to be taught in one area at this time and age, I believe it is in the area of honor. Say honor. honor. Because honor is a... It's a type of worship. It's a kind of worship. Honor is about worship. Now when you talk about honor, you're talking about worship. The reason why many, of, many Christians struggle to worship is because they have not understood honor the way they, they must understood honor. And they struggle with the idea of worship. They don't know how to honor. So now we are, now we are trying to learn. We are, we are trying to encourage each other. Even in this church, we're trying to encourage each other to, to learn how to honor the presence of God. Because honoring the presence of God is worship. Amen. Not singing songs. Are you? I wish some of you know this. Honoring the presence of God is worship. worship not singing songs. Not playing instruments. Not screaming at the top of your lungs. What is worship? That is worship. So as I said, submission uh, is about honor. It's a matter of honor. And honor is a, is a type of worship. It's a part of worship. Your worship cannot be in truth and in spirit unless you maintain a culture of honor. You cannot worship the Lord in truth and in spirit unless you know how to maintain a culture of honor. That's why you can go to many churches, you can hear good music, but you will not find worship because they are not used to the culture of honor. And God forbid that's the kind of culture that we try to entertain in this place. No, we're going to discard everything that is not of honor. Now we, want to, we want to teach the church, we want each one of us to know what, is to, what it is to honor, the culture of honor, maintaining honor. The reason why families fall apart is because of this. There is no culture of honor in marriage. I, I dealt with this. I dealt with this when we were talking about marriage. You need to know how to honor 
each other husbands and wives you must know how to honor each other without honor there is no strength in your marriage everything in the kingdom is about honor now i want you to know that worship okay listen to this a worship cannot it cannot proceed from a christian who, who is not submitted to leadership worship unto god cannot proceed from a christian who is not submitted to leadership you know why because he has not understood the culture of honor worship is about honor without honor there is no worship and honor is expressed in submission both worship unto god and submission to godly leadership both of it stem from the same culture or attitude of honor it is the same perspective or understanding that you use to worship god and the same understanding that you use to submit to leadership and some of you no 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 not really how can we mix the two if we submit to man that can stand in the way of us worshiping god i'll prove to you no that is not true when the the pharisees came to jesus they came to jesus and asked him what's your take on taxes what did jesus say what do you see on that ah they said head of caesar the image of caesar then he said render unto caesar that is just due unto him render unto god that is due unto god so what does that mean you rendering unto a man what is due unto him does not stand in the way of you rendering unto god what is due unto god Amen. it is so simple why are we complicating it you rendering unto man what is due unto him does not stand in the way or does not obstruct you from rendering unto god what is due unto god both of these things that you do rendering unto man and rendering unto god both stem from the same attitude of honor but there is something that man deserves and something that god deserves and it is not it does not contradict each other that's why the bible teaches us to submit to governments submit to governments obey the law of the land god is not against it god is not against it as long as that does not stand in the way of your honoring god we heard about that those three who were put in the fire were three men who were submitted to the king they called him o king but the reason why they decided not to obey the king is because something came up which stands in the way of them honoring god now that contradicts as long as i can render to man what is due unto him and render to god what is due unto god there is no problem hallelujah you have to understand that these are principles in the kingdom some people refrain from submitting to men assuming that it is against god's principles the truth is that god demands say god demands god the principle of god demands your submission to those that he has placed over you Amen. that is why god told the wife be submitted to your own husband god also told the children obey your parents in the lord he gave that instruction obey your parents honor them that it may go well with you and you may live long on this earth you understand god is not against the idea of you honoring man in fact god god requires of you that you honor man be you honoring those god has placed over you is worship unto him 
That's why the Bible instructs us to pray for those in governing authorities. Why? Why would the Bible come and squeeze its way into the government? Why would the Bible talk about the state? There's only one reason. Because God has placed an order in our lives. And for God, you submitting to government is worshipping unto God. That's right. Police officers, it's not for no reason that they take the sword, the Bible says. Aren't they ministers of God? Let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those which exist are established by God. Those which exist are established by God. I mean, he is not even started to talk about in the church. He's talking about in the world. Okay. Therefore, he who resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. As they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Talking about the governing authorities of this world. Talking about your resistance to God, the authorities that God has placed in the world. Governments, police officers, law of the land. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior. We considered that this morning. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they were not afraid. They were only obeying God. Even when they spoke to the king, they spoke with such respect. Oh king, they said, concerning this matter, we don't need to answer you. Oh king. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do you do what is good and you will have praise from the same? Hallelujah. For it is a minister of God to you for good. Who is the minister of God? The policeman who stands in the, in the sun doing this and doing this is a minister of God. Some of you didn't know that. The cop who is waiting on the, the next time you see a cop uh, jeep on the road, don't say that. They're ministers of God for your good. It's good that they have those devices to see whether, check whether you are speeding. It's a good thing. It's good that they do night patrolling. It's good. It's good. Pray for them. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid. Then you must be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath upon the one who practices evil. Wherefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for contency. But for because of this, you are also pay taxes for rulers are servants of God devoting themselves to this very thing I told you if that is what is mentioned about the MLA and the MP what kind of understanding you must have concerning ministers of God ministers of the gospel if the Bible calls the panjayat president or the panjayat member in your ward as a minister of God as a servant of God how much more you must know the ministers of gospel are to be held at a higher regard. Double honor. You must give them double honor because they teach you God's word. They labor over your life. They have to give account for your lives, the Bible says. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for your conscience sake. For because of this, you have to pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all, look at that, what is due to them. What is due them? Render to all what is due them. Tax to whom tax is due. Custom to whom custom is due. Fear to whom fear is due. Honor to whom honor. Hallelujah. You love that? I mean, I'm setting you free. There are people in the church who find it very weird to submit. I remember one time I was um, 
addressing a, a sudden issue in a person's life and i realized the person was gifted uh, this person was uh, promising the person had a call all those things were there but he lacked something and the lord told me to tell him you need a mentor but the way he responded no i will not trust any man but god i can't trust any man but god what do you mean by that that you won't trust your parents you won't trust your wife then you can't trust anybody you're living in a hypothesis in a in a make believe existence you're living a make believe existence it does not exist such a thing does not exist if you have to live on this earth you will have to trust people so don't deceive yourself into thinking all these kind of weird thoughts render to each man what is due unto him amen hallelujah are you getting something are you getting something so the prince of god is teaching us principles the truth is god's principles demands your submission to those he has placed over you both in government and all the more in the kingdom of god it's for your good and those who have tasted the fruit of it the benefit of it can say aloud amen amen, amen. amen. hallelujah praise god now when 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 ananias and sapphira pretended to the church leaders they sold a piece of land and they kept some back and they pretended before the man of god they pretended before the man of god and placed some part of the proceeds at the feet of peter and peter said why why did you do this why did you lie to the holy spirit you thought you were pretending to man that's a problem when you pretend to your leader when you pretend to your pastor when you pretend to your the authority over you you think you are pretending to man but god thinks otherwise god thinks otherwise now these are scriptures that that must bring us back to senses it must change the way we function in the in the kingdom it must change the way we function in the kingdom it must give us deliverance from pretense you have not lied to man you have lied to god that's what peter said you did not lie to man you lied to god see there is no worship without honor them pretending before man was lack of honor god will not receive your worship without honor listen many christians miss out on the blessings of god because of this one thing lack of knowledge we were talking about the table why why do we christians fall asleep die prematurely who is a christian by the way have you ever considered that who is a christian where has he come to what is his inheritance it takes a lifetime and more for you to even fathom the outer fringes of what you have received in the kingdom by being in the kingdom of god now for such a person to fall sick and to die prematurely is what is because of ignorance say ignorance ignorance it's a lack of knowledge you prevent the blessings of god from manifesting in your life only because of this ignorance or lack of knowledge because the life that god has called you into is a is a life of victory a life of abundance a life of joy look at this righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost is what 
the kingdom of god you come into the kingdom of god where is it is all about righteousness it's about peace it's about joy but lack of knowledge can stand in the way of you enjoying the blessings and the benefits of being in the kingdom the refusal to submission blocks your blessings do you know that you must know this the refusal to submit will block your blessings it is not enough that you attend church every sunday listen to this and mark your attendance church is not about you marking attendance it is essential that you submit to the church what are you talking about you're talking about the church i like my favorite quote the church is not about your grandfather's business the church is your father's business it's not about your relatives business it's about jesus business amen, amen? and you must understand what the church is so you cannot approach church the way you approach everything else in life it is not about like i said it's not about just coming marking your attendance and running away no it's about submitting say submitting it is essential that you submit to the church it is essential that you submit to the minister of god it is essential that you submit to the leaders in the church it is essential it is required of you because if you don't do it your refusal to submission is blocking your progress it is blocking your equipping it's blocking it's standing in the way of you being perfected be accountable see accountable be accountable if the only relationship you have with those in the church is this hi bye if that's the only relationship that you have with those in the church i'm telling you you need to change if the only way you know your pastor is if that's the only relationship that you have with your pastor you need to change because that is not god's way that is not god's way amen god cannot be mocked god cannot be mocked you come to church so that you can have fellowship one with another where each one profits out of the other person where each one benefits out of the other person where each one can edify and strengthen there's a there's a strength that comes from every joint we considered this last week a strength which comes from every joint every joint provides strength to the body what do you mean by joint your unity your fellowship that is joint you cannot approach church any other way you want in your okay listen in your immaturity you can feel that church is dispensable in your immaturity you can feel that submission is irrelevant but that's not how god sees it that is not how god sees it that is not god's design if that's your thinking you are against working against the design of god the ordinances of god if god warned the people if you do not fear the authority you are you're standing in the way of god that's what the, we just read that now how much more in the church the principle of fatherhood and sonship cannot be discounted in the kingdom i'm talking about in the kingdom there is a principle god has established this principle there is a principle of fatherhood and and sonship there's a principle of leadership and submission which cannot be overlooked you cannot overlook this it is a principle that god works by you will see that all across scripture you study the word of god you can see it all over god works like this whether you like it or not god works in this principle 
according to this principle he works in the principle of fatherhood sonship he works in the principle of leader and submission these are precious principles in the kingdom last sunday after service we were just talking and pastor win was there pastor suth was there I think brother king also we were just talking and pastor win said something wonderful he said this dynamics in the church i'm paraphrasing it this dynamics in the church baffles the enemy it baffles the enemy this the way the the kingdom of god operates it baffles the enemy it confounds it it causes confusion in the enemy camp he cannot understand i mean the the dynamics of the covering of the church the, the enemy cannot penetrate the enemy cannot penetrate the covering of the church do you know that the covering of the spiritual authority over a believer's life strips the enemy of any advantage the advantage that you have because you're covered by the church because you're covered by a godly authority strips the devil of any right over your life it plugs every hole in your life it's a covering it's an umbrella which, which cannot be penetrated by the kingdom of darkness cannot be cannot be cannot be now whenever i get the opportunity to minister to to those people who are believers and um, you know when i see that they are going through repeated uh, patterns of troubles and uh, repeated patterns of being in bondage uh, and i realize that they are not part of a church the way they ought to be the part of a church i insist that you go and be a part of a church and by way of advice i give you this authority if you see somebody who is not covered by a church submitted by a church but yet they call themselves believers it is your duty to tell them you need to go to church somewhere be under a pastor be under a covering be accountable to your church come under leadership that's how the kingdom of god works that's the order of the church you may not like it you may not prescribe it but that's how god functions that's how god functions that's why you see that's why we see such authority in the letters how 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 do you explain that was not jesus that was paul that was peter that was james who wrote those things but how come they have such authority it was john who wrote those things but how come they have such authority because god functions in this principle amen he honors amen what he has established he will not bypass it one of the earliest things i have learned as a christian and i want to testify with this one of the earliest things i have learned as a christian okay i i i will not say that i have always maintained the understanding properly but i have learned this and i have always tried to adhere to it you know what it is never break the order never stand against the order of the church there is an order honor the order honor the order respect the order understand the order of god it will do good it will do good it will bless you hallelujah thank you jesus now let's read from first timothy chapter 1 and verse 18 just to help you understand this better the importance of the covering and we talked about how it confounds the enemy first first timothy chapter 1 and verse 18 let me read it for you this command i entrust you timothy my son who is timothy who is timothy paul's son was paul married then paul how come paul has a son ah so you all understand that this command i entrust you timothy my son 
in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you that by them you fight the good fight keeping faith and a good conscience which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith sad shipwreck in regard to faith among these are hemenios and alexander whom i have handed over to satan what who is talking here is god talking here paul is talking as if he has got the right over a believer's life whom i have handed over to satan so that they will be taught not to blaspheme let's read first corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 it is actually reported that there is immorality among you an immorality of such kind such a kind as does not exist even among the gentiles that someone has his father's wife you have become arrogant and have not mourned instead so that the one who has done this deed would be removed from your midst so paul is reprimanding them for not dealing with this for i on my part though absent in body but present in spirit have already judged him who has so committed this as though i were present in the name of our lord jesus when you are assembled and i with you in spirit with the power of our lord jesus i have decided to deliver such a one to satan what i have de- decided to deliver such a one to satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the lord jesus what is he talking about who is this who is this paul what kind of authority is this how can one may wonder how can a new testament minister of the gospel speak in such a manner how can a believer how can you explain this a believer being handed over to satan what does that mean does a minister have the power to do so does a minister have the power to do so hand a believer who is not falling in line with the commandments of god or the ordinances of god or the prescribed way of god does a minister have the capacity or the power to hand him over to satan the scripture i just read two scriptures two scriptures to prove to you it is possible that's why you must understand the the purpose of a covering that's why you must understand the power the dynamics in the church which covers you we are not talking about an impulsive or rash outburst of emotion by paul here we are not talking about that we are talking about a very purposeful say purposeful an intentional act he's he's talking very intentionally he is not just talking gibberish it's very intentional it is talking about correction in the church paul decided to hand certain characters over to satan in other words paul decided to take off his spiritual covering over them many christians do not know that they are kept safe because of the church yes, yes. the covering of the church is what keeps you safe The covering of your pastor is what keeps you safe. The covering of your leader is what keeps you safe. The covering of those who give account for your soul is what keeps you safe, not your smartness. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. The enemy cannot touch you in many ways because you're covered by godly authority. And don't be ignorant of this truth. 
That's right. God gave, we considered that God gave judges. For what? For the safety of the Israelites. They were going down a downward spiral. And God raised up leaders. God raised up judges so that they may be kept. That they may be redeemed. That they may be brought back into the ways of God. When they died, when each one of them died, we see a pattern over and over. When the leader died, they went back to sin. One of the biggest lies the 21st century church has bought in is this, that a Christian does not need a church. Thanks to COVID, many seem to have reinforced this understanding. We don't need church. We can have church at home. We can be part of multiple churches. We can be part of the global church. That is not the pattern of God. That is not the pattern of God. That is not accountability. You sitting in the comfort of your house, uh, you know, with your boxer uh, or your shorts or your vest in place and not even brushed your teeth, you're sitting in front of a monitor and saying, I'm attending church. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. There is no culture of honor in that. There's no culture of honor in that. When you have the power to mute the preacher man, there is no culture of honor. How advanced we have gone. How comfortable we have become. We seem to be very comfortable. Now I can choose whom I listen to. If I don't like this pastor, I'll change him. I'll transfer him. Your future is at risk if you fail to acknowledge the benefit, the blessing of being under a godly leadership. I'm not going to shy away from this teaching. Now, last week, I spoke to you about impartation. I told you about partaking in the grace. You can partake. And we read that in the word where Paul calls them. Now, you are partakers of my grace. You can partake in the grace of a minister of God. You can partake in each other's grace. That's how the church functions. You can partake in each other's grace. You can be a beneficiary of the grace over another person's life. That's right. That's right. It profits you. Amen. It affects you. It profits you. The anointing over another person's life, it profits you. That's how the, the church is built. That's how the, God has designed it. That's why the enemy cannot do anything about it. Yes. If it was one person, devil could have just... That's not how it works. You destroy one, a hundred will rise up. Because it's about partaking in the grace. It's about partaking in the grace. That's why we see that the church grew without ceasing. Across the centuries, the church continued to grow from persecution to persecution, from distress to distress, from opposition to opposition, under tyranny to tyranny. The church always, it always grew. Church always grew. Always, even today. Even today, even the modern uh, strategies of warfare against the church will not suffice to bring the church down. The church cannot be contained. The gospel cannot be chained. Because there's a dynamics that is at work which cannot be understood. It cannot be contained to human understanding. Partake of the grace. And that kind of working of grace thrives best in a culture of honor. You want to benefit from those who minister to you in this church? Whether the pastor or the Bible teacher or the, or the worship leader or the intercessor or the musician or the Sunday school teacher, whoever it is, do you want to benefit? You have to maintain a culture of honor in the church. Amen. A culture of honor Amen. in the church. 
we have to get rid of this this uh, nonsense that we have entertained or we have embraced that is not from god that is from the world we are not independent of each other we need each other we need each other we need leadership we need to submit we need to be accountable we need to stay together we need to flock together we have to come together we cannot forsake the assembly of the brethren we cannot because god has designed it in that that manner hallelujah hallelujah say culture of honor in order for grace to flow from a person into your life you got to honor that vessel of grace you got to honor that vessel of grace and i literally seen with my eyes my spiritual eyes how people have blocked the flow of grace just because they can't honor who god has placed before them in this church i've seen that in this church i've seen that and we have to repent we have to change our ways you got to honor the vessel of grace only then the the vessel of grace can pour out grace into your life impartation cannot happen in any other way you come for bible study you want the bible study to bless you you have to honor the one who is standing there to minister to you every word that he says you must receive it with such interest with such attention you cannot yawn you cannot go to sleep you cannot be like you know disturbed by anything you have to honor you, can, you have to honor Sunday school children you have to honor your teachers those of them who you start now it'll be easy for you when you grow up and become like us some of us are struggling today because we were not trained at your age but i am training you up now honor honor give honor to your teachers appreciate them go to them love them be submitted let them correct you receive correction without showing some other color of you yeah if somebody were to correct you take it today we are like we are walking on dreaded grounds if i have to correct somebody i have to think 45 times the repercussions can be so intense how terrible have we become how terrible have we become we have to change we are trying to work against the order of god see i want to tell you not everyone loved moses but what to do moses was god speak not everyone loved moses but you cannot do anything about it not everyone loved david but what to do david was god speak not everyone loved elisha elisha was a very crude man what kind of crudeness are we talking about you know some kids made fun of him bald guy bald guy bald guy he just cursed them what happened two bears came out two female bears came out and 42 kids 42 children how can he be so cruel what to do he is god speak when david had the opportunity to kill saul the, the lord stirred in him and said no how can i raise my hand against the lord's anointed in spite of all his mistakes in spite of all his shortcomings saul was still god's anointed and david honored that anointing not the person not the um, character flaws he did not agree with the character flaws he knew that he was going to be replacing that man but yet he valued the anointing honored the anointing did not touch him 
the biggest enemy of his life the only one who is standing in him becoming who he is supposed to be the only one think about it nobody is standing in the way of him becoming the next king only Saul he had the opportunity of a lifetime to finish him off how can I raise my hand against the anointed of God hallelujah thank you Jesus you honor honor say honor honor the vessel of grace you want to, you want to receive grace you want to partake of grace honor the vessel of grace the vessels of grace the vessels of grace the vessels of anointing honor them honor them don't despise them don't look down on them you want anybody to bless you you must first honor them see them for who they are don't even try don't even think of becoming a silo in the kingdom if somebody were to tell you that you can make it on your own, it is the biggest lie. It is the biggest lie. You will only hit against the wall and a pile of bricks will fall on you. That's what will happen. You cannot make it on your own. You need each other in the kingdom of God. That's why some people will live with their mistakes for, the, for a very long time. For a very long time. And I've learned one thing in life. I would rather be a fool in the eyes of of man for a short time than be a fool in the eyes of God for a lifetime so what I meant is when correction comes when when my flaws are exposed when my shortcomings are exposed in the context of church I would rather grab hold of it and change my understanding and move on with my God rather than live like I am right I am right I am right I am right and go deep into my misery Mark chapter 6, it was one onwards. Jesus went out from there and came into his hometown and his disciples followed him. Where the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and the many listeners were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what is the wisdom given to him and such miracles as they performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? The brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no miracle there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. And he was going around the villages teaching. Hallelujah. Can you see that? Did you see that? Look at this. He began to teach in his hometown. In his hometown. His hometown. Say hometown. Just like what he did in other places. He started to teach in his hometown. Sure enough, the listeners were astonished like in every other place. They were all astonished. Wow. But instead of attributing his power to the grace of God and the call of God over him, they began questioning, isn't this the carpenter? Where did this man get these things from? What wisdom is, has been given to him? What kind of miracles are these performed by his hands? Isn't he just a carpenter? Isn't he, isn't he Mary's son? That's what exactly that's how they sounded. Isn't this Mary's son? 
is not the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon are not his sisters here with us and they took offense say offense they took offense at him if you can't maintain honor you will take offense the reason why christians struggle with offense to their leaders is because they can't maintain honor that's the only reason i'll break it down simple simplify it for you the reason why people take offense over their leaders is because there's no culture of honor i can shout at my son and he can still be okay with it as long as he maintains honor he can just come to me i can just go to him we can hug each other and that's it we forget it we move on but if he's going to if if he's going to drop that culture of honor he's going to take offense that's why the scripture says honor your father and mother that will go well with you because the human tendency is there to dishonor your father and mother and take offense at them when they correct you are you getting something this morning hallelujah he could do no miracle can you believe jesus hallelujah he could not do no miracle in his hometown except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them oh he laid hands on a few sick people there were hungry people there of course they came to him he laid hands on them and they got, they recovered but except that in his hometown which should have been the thriving ground for his ministry he could he could do no greater miracles than a few people getting healed because they questioned where did he get this from isn't he the carpenter they questioned isn't he the son of mary isn't he the brother of james and and joseph and simon see grace in a person is constrained in places where there is no honor somebody listen to this grace in a person grace upon a minister is constrained grace upon jesus was constrained in places where there was no honor that's why you can you can come to church and nothing will happen it's not because the ministers have no power it's not because the worship leader has no power it's not because god does not want to do anything it's because you don't have it in you to maintain a culture of honor when you come into church you must walk into church with such confidence that the presence of god is here amen you must walk into church with such confidence that we are entering into the place where god is going to meet with us amen and that changes everything that changes everything i'm telling you you walk into this place i'm i'm i'm, I'm challenging you you come to church i challenge you you come to church prepared you come to church with an attitude of worship you come to church submitted to what god is going to speak to you you come to church with expectancy and you be here i challenge you you will not go back the way you came yes hallelujah because that's how god works but if sunday is a regular mundane thing for you where you spend a few hours together with some people that you like to be with if that's all that you can see where you get to catch up with your friend where you get to catch up with some people that you are familiar with if that's all that you can see that's all that you will get hello we have to move on we have to understand we are talking about principles in the kingdom these are things that will change the course of your life these are these are things that will change your life forever unless you see value in your leader 
and cherish the gift given to you. Cherish the leader as the gift given to you. You will not see power manifest over your life. I know that the way power will manifest over each one of you is different. I know it. When I minister to you, when I pray over you, I know it. How do I know it? I know it because I know the culture of honor and how it works. When, when uh, uh, Pastor Jimson was ministering to us, he said something. It's like he gave you a key, a key. It's a key. He gave you a key. You want to receive answers every time your pastor prays for you. What you must do? You want, you want, to, you want to walk in the miraculous, you have to cherish the gifts. You have to cherish the gifts. Hallelujah. Grace attracts grace. It works in tandem. It works in perfect alignment. It, it works in tandem. It works, in, it, it works as a cohesive force. So when you are a vessel of grace, you get to partake of that grace. And also, listen to this, and also activate grace in you. The only thing that the Bible instructs you to multiply is grace and peace. Nowhere in the Bible does it ask you to multiply your faith because a measure of faith has been given to you. You can, you can build your faith, the expressions of your faith. You can, you can bring your faith into action. That's a different thing. But the only thing, things that are asked of you to multiply is grace and peace. How do you multiply grace and peace? By coming together. When you come together, when you cherish each other, you multiply grace. There's a flow of grace. When you come together in fellowship, there's an opportunity for you to multiply grace over you. When you maintain honor, a culture of honor, an attitude of honor to the minister of God over you, you are in a place where your grace can be multiplied. You know why? Because grace will flow. Grace will flow. It works in tandem. It works in connect. Say connect. Grace always connects. Grace can connect. That's why you see perfect sing when these people come and play music together. It connects. It works in tandem. It's a cohesive force. It works together. It works together. You maintain that honor to the vessel of grace. Grace will flow into your life. It will activate things in your life. It will activate grace in your life. That's why when you lay hands on people, they start to prophesy. When you lay hands on people, they will receive gifts. When you lay hands on people, they will be healed. Why? Because grace is attracted by honor. Look at this. Elijah threw the mantle on Elisha. Where? When did Elijah throw the mantle on Elisha? 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 19. I'll tell you what happened. Now Elijah is all scared, is afraid. He's hiding in the cave and he's like, you know, desperate to hear the voice of God. And the, you know, at, at the cave, God uh, made a wind pass. But he was, God was not in the wind. God made a fire, all those things, the earthquake, the fire. And then finally God spoke to him in that discourse. At the end, towards the end of the discourse, God said, uh, I'm going to give you uh, a person by the name Elisha, whom you're going to anoint as prophet in your place. Verse 19, can you read it? So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, while he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen 
before him and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. So where did Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle? At this instance. Okay, not when he was taken up. So the mantle was already thrown at Elijah. Next verse. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother. I want to say bye to them. Then I will follow you. And he said to them, Go back again for what have I done to you? I love one thing about Elijah. From the start, he was acting indifferent. Elijah was acting very indifferent. What did I do to you? Because everything is done in the prophetic. Everything is prophetic. Everything is spiritual. So it will not make any sense in the natural. So he threw the mantle. Okay, let me see if I can demonstrate that. He took a, let's just imagine this is the mantle. Okay, he went by, he threw the mantle. Okay, and then he went his way. That's all he did. But now Elisha is saying, he came running and said, now let me go to my father and mother, kiss goodbye to them, and then I'll follow you. Elijah is asking, why? Why are you so bothered about it? You can do what you want. Look at what he did. And he said to him, go back again for what I've done to you. Next verse. So he returned from following him and took the pair of oxen. That's worship. Say worship. See, if you're connected to the prophetic, you're always in worship. Okay. Nothing much happened, but something happened. Nothing much happened in the physical eyes. All that happened was a, a cloth was thrown at you. But look at this, he returned from following him and took the pair of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the implements of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. And then he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. Most version says he became his servant. So when Elijah threw the mantle on Elisha, Elisha did not immediately become a prophet. When Elijah threw the mantle on Elisha, Elisha did not immediately become a prophet. What did he become? He became a servant. In fact, it's the same term that is used in the, in the context of Gehazi. Gehazi was a servant to Elisha. Now Elijah threw the mantle and when the mantle was thrown at Elisha, he did not become a prophet. He became a servant. Servitude is the first and essential step in leadership. You want to be a leader, you start by becoming a servant. There is no other way. And we all love to be leaders. We all love to be leaders. God has trained us up. Even as a child, God will give you training to be a leader. But servitude is the first and essential step into becoming a leader. Jesus showed us by example what leadership is always about. It's always about serving. He washed the feet of his disciples. Why would Jesus do that? In the kingdom, there is no leadership without servanthood. Jesus is our servant king. The disciples did likewise in the early church. They served the tables, the 11 of them, okay? They served at the tables. Do you know that? Some of you are like, where is it said, mentioned that they served at the tables. I'll show you in a minute. When the, when the work was distracting them from the ministry, they separated seven so they can focus on the ministry of the word and prayer. Because they were doing that work. They were serving at the table. 
till that point of time when they realize that the work is great and now we have to separate ourselves from this work so that we can focus on the the ministry of the word and of prayer they separated seven who did they separate seven of them let's look at that acts chapter 6 verse 1 onwards now at this time while the disciples were increasing in number a complaint arose on the part of the hellenistic jews against the native hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of the food so the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples and said it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of god in order to serve tables therefore brethren select from among you seven men of good reputation full of the spirit and of wisdom whom we may put in charge of this task who did i did i read it wrong were they selecting seven men for leadership for daily serving right of good reputation full of the spirit and wisdom why waste human resource why waste such such good human resource the statement found approval with the whole congregation and they chose stephen say stephen who is stephen a man full of faith and of the holy spirit and philip who is philip who is philip philip the evangelist philip the evangelist who who set the city on fire he turned that city upside down when they were scattered he went to samaria and he turned that city upside down with signs and wonders and miracles powerful evangelist not a small person his he had daughters four of them who were prophetesses to so the man carried some anointing and imparted even to his offspring look at that these are the people who were who were hand picked to serve at the table stephen man full of faith and of the holy spirit philip the evangelist prochorus nicanor timon parmenas and nicolas the proselyte from antioch and these they brought before the apostles and after praying for what for serving tables they, they were prayed over for serving tables they were prayed over and ha- hands were laid over them hands were laid on them for what for serving at the table don't despise what you get to do in the kingdom don't despise what you get to do in the kingdom hallelujah each of these characters were leaders themselves stephen was full of power and grace nobody could refute him the bible says with such a man of such intellect eloquence nobody could refute him he went on to become the first martyr of the church who are we talking about serving at the table but where did they start they did not start as an evangelist or a preacher or a prophet they started as servants because in the kingdom a leader is a servant a leader is a servant that's how fancy the title can be what was elisha's credibility before kings when kings discussed on whom can we go and consult you know that's the story where the, the king of israel the king of judah and the king of edom they discussed the matter and you know they were is there a prophet jehoshaphat said is there a, not there a prophet in this land with whom we can consult and one guy in the kingdom said ah there is one person by the name elisha the son of shaphat who used to pour water on the hands of elijah say credibility say credibility your credibility is not in your degrees your credibility is not in the number of years your credibility is in who you walked with 
your credibility is where you submitted that's your credibility that's your credibility your credibility is where you submitted your credibility is who's your who's your mentor who's your father who's your pastor that's your credibility that's your credibility in the kingdom that's your credibility in the kingdom don't despise it don't take it lightly even after elijah threw the mantle on elisha nothing much happened elisha had to make the choice of following elijah and being a servant even when elijah pretended like shaking him off elisha had to persist no i am i'm going to stay you want to leave i'm going to go further you want to leave why don't you leave um let me alone he said no i'm not going to go as long as the lord leaves and as long as you live i'm going to follow you it's a commitment elisha had to go through the entire process the entire process of being raised as a leader by way of impartation it was an entire process now now some of you can get excited okay well, look at that elijah threw the mantle on elisha now from today on elisha is going to be independent no the is a process in the kingdom process process you choose to serve you want to be a leader you choose to serve you choose to submit you you, you choose to do odd jobs oh i've heard people talk with such pity about people who done odd jobs in the kingdom of god i'm telling you great is the reward you have no idea when you when you made comments about them doing odd jobs they were reaping rewards in heaven when they carried the bag when they drove the pastor around when they cleaned the house when they took his children to school did all those things they were reaping rewards they were reaping rewards which you didn't see that's why i said it is a lie for any man to say because i submitted to a man of god i did not profit it is a lie it's a blatant lie it's a blatant lie it does not exist that does not happen it does not happen impartation happens to true sons listen to this elisha had to prove that he is a true son to elijah there are other prophets in the land school of prophets all around in that land even when they told him gave him advice why don't you just leave him your master is going to be taken from you in a while he said i know keep quiet you just keep quiet he did not allow anybody to come in the way of him following the one that god has placed in his life he was not swayed by opinions he was not swayed by advices he was focused i have to do this i have to go through the entire process yes the man let fall on me but i have to go through the entire process and then finally elijah turned and said what do you want now elisha said a double portion of what you carry your your spirit i want it that's what i want So now Elisha had to literally prove that he's a son. He had to literally prove I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm not going to leave anywhere. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to wait till you give me that the double portion. The firstborn's right. I want it. So what did Paul call Timothy? What did Paul call Timothy? My true son, say true son in faith. Not son, he he called him true son in faith. because he saw the persistence in the young man when you study the bible you can see that divine blessings were transferred to the generations through the father 
why did jacob make a big fuss or his mother make a big fuss about him being blessed by isaac joseph was so upset because jacob did this you know that story right jacob did this he did not lay his right hand on the his favorite jacob did like this crossed his arms he okay joseph made sure that okay this one is on the right that one is on the left but when the father laid the hands he did like this joseph was very sad why why the big fuss about it you know why because they understood that transfer of inheritance tra- impartation of grace impartation of grace happens like this manner in this manner through the father god is not bored to be called the god of our fathers the god of abraham the god of isaac the god of jacob the god of nisha she said god is not he's not bored about that he gives you the freedom to use that you know why because it is his delight because his purpose is transferred from one generation to the next through fathers we are in the new testament church but abraham is still our father when god looks at a person god sees generations when god saw abraham he saw generations he saw all the way till here do you know that when god looked at abraham he saw all the way till you uh, when god calls a leader he sees nations he sees ethnic groups psalm 92 verses 13 onwards the righteous will flourish like the is it is that what the bible says the righteous will flourish like the palm tree he grows like a cedar in lebanon how planted in the house of the lord they'll flourish in the courts of our god they will still yield the fruit in old age they shall be full of sap and very green hallelujah the righteous will flourish like the palm tree he will grow like a cedar in lebanon it goes on to say planted in the house of the lord they'll flourish in the courts of our god so now go back so it says it's giving a statement the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree he will grow like a cedar in lebanon then it goes to say how how that happens put it planted say planted planted in the house of the lord that's how planted in the house of the lord they will flourish in the courts of our god keep going they will still yield fruit in old age they shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the lord is upright praise god you have to understand the bible says this is the benefit of being planted in the house of the lord what will happen to those who are planted in the house of god they will flourish say flourish they will yield fruit say flourish say yield fruit so that means they'll flourish they will yield fruit they will defy aging if you leave the church where god has planted you you may become old faster but when you are planted in the house of god you will flourish you will yield fruit you will defy aging you will defy aging because you're part of god's church 
you're planted in the house of God. You will defy aging. That which falls on old people will not fall on you. You will yield fruit. You will flourish. You will be full of sap. What does that mean? You'll be strong. Hallelujah. You shall be strong. If you're planted in the house of God, you shall be strong. You shall be very green, the Bible says. What does it mean? You shall be healthy. Amen. Amen. Planted in the, you, you being planted in the house of God gives advantage to you. It is your ad, undue advantage in the world. You know what it is? It give, helps you to flourish. It makes you flourish. It makes you yield fruit. It helps you defy aging. It makes you full of sap, meaning it gives you strength. It makes you very green. The strength of a tree is in the root. The strength of a tree is in the, in the root. The deeper the root runs, the stronger it will be. The more firmly it will be established. And you, don't, you don't replant a tree. You replant a plant. Once a plant becomes a tree, you don't replant it anymore. Because if you try to replant a tree, it will not stand. A person who is not established in the church will be shaky and unstable. Saved for 10 years, been part of 20 different churches, been under 30 different leaders, something is not right. A person who skips, a Christian who skips from one church to another is skipping the stages of organic spiritual growth. You are skipping from one place to the, to the next. You are going from one person to the next. You are ne never stable. You are not planted anywhere. You are just shaky. You are unstable in all your ways. You know what will happen to you? You know what will happen to you? You are skipping stages of your growth. You are skipping the stages of your growth. You are skipping the stages of your spiritual progress. If you are constantly uh, shifting from where you're supposed to be planted from, if you're constantly shifting, you're delaying your spiritual growth. You're standing in the way of your spiritual growth. Now, this, this morning, the Lord is opening your eyes. I, some of these things that I shared, I know it's very specific to some, some people here. I know that I spoke many different things. The Lord put in my heart to speak different things this morning. But I know that some of those things that I shared by the Spirit are very specific it's very specific. It's giving you a revelation. It's giving you, it's opening your eyes. It's taking you out of blindness. Because God wants to deal with your life. He wants to give you progress. He wants to bring you out of stagnancy. Out of stagnancy into, into all, into flourishing. So he wants to, he wants to cause your life to flourish. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Be planted in the house of God. Be planted in the house of God. Planted in the house of God. Submit. Allow the grace to flow. Hello, this is Nisha Dilakoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.